Hello, we're a little bit rusty, but welcome back to the Fins Up Podcast. I'm your co-host, Fat Dan, and I am with my ugly, yet handsome, co-host, Ugly Terry. Mate, how good is it to be back? Dan, you're looking really slim for a fat man. Well, thank you so much, mate. I, um, I'm that weird dad bod at the moment, but, you know, it's getting there, it's getting there. Yeah, look, that's what gets the chicks, mate. I've heard and been told quite frequently that dad bods are the new thing. Well, let's hope so, mate, because winter's coming up. We know it's good to have a bit of extra padding. But, uh, mate, enough enough chit-chat, enough foreplay. we got some news to discuss. We, we do, but before we get to the news, Dan, how's your off-season without rugby league being? Mate, I hate it. I hate every second. Uh, relationships have suffered because I'm short-tempered. Um, you can only watch so much cricket when your team's as fucking awful as my Sydney Thunder. But uh, look, it's almost over, so whatever. How'd you cope? Uh, yeah, look, surprisingly all right. I've, uh, you know, I've, I've done a few, the Sydney Kings are, you know, they, they're not as bad as, you know, they were. Um, I mean, Sydney FC still, you know, they're having a shocking season and they need one every now and then. Um, the Oklahoma City Thunder, they're probably pissing me off because they're winning more games than they should be. Um, I didn't really get into the T20 this year, but um, yeah, Liverpool, they, they never play at a reasonable hour, so I've learned to sleep. Um, I took up running and then gave it up, so <laughs> everything's going well. That's fantastic, but it's all about just getting through to that next season, correct? Correct. That's good. Well, let's. Um, I don't know if you checked your email today, mate, but there was a chairman's address. No, I didn't check my email. Oh, well, here you go. This will be new to you then, so I guess I'll discuss. So, mate, two things came out of this email today, and if you haven't read it, jump on the website after you've listened to this, of course, or during. I'm not your dad. Big one for me, mate, the announcement that we signed 28 of our top 30 players, which means we have two spots left to play with. He's very exciting. One of those will be Zaccini. Yes. Uh, unless it was his name on the list, or uh, I don't know. They just said twenty-eight of the thirty assigned, and it gives Fitz and his staff uh, time to move as they seem fit. Yeah, cool. So yeah, as it stands, as the season when the season starts, you need to have like twenty-eight players signed or something like that. So we're good right now. So yeah, it's by June thirty. You need to have um, your top thirty sorted so that's fine uh, you know you live with that um we don't know with you know we don't have to rush into signing zaccini just for the sake of it now he's gonna he, he's got that new town contract um yeah is what it is sounds good to me mate Do, dare say dare i say that we're keeping a spot open perhaps for a mid-season signing not throwing any names out just yet but uh, it's there yeah i mean I was very surprised last year that we weren't one of the clubs that made uh, a mid-season signing because it was quite evident we needed a prop and a lot of props moved around mid-season and we didn't do anything about it. And we also needed, at one point in time, we needed a halfback and we definitely needed a centre. And a few players moved around. Like There's one player that stands out to mind and that was Patrick Herbert going from New Zealand to the Gold Coast and would have been absolutely perfect for us. He would have been. He wouldn't have passed to our winger to win the game. Uh, look, in the other one for me... Though, so. Sorry, mate? We weren't in the finals, so it doesn't matter. No, that's true. He would have, would probably wish he'd come to us too. The other 
interesting thing that you don't know yet is the possible amalgamation with the Beach Bowling Club in Coffs Harbour could be taken over by Sharkies. Yeah, I'm not surprised by that because when we played up in Coffs Harbour, um, and as discussed on several of our award-winning podcasts endorsed, backed by, you know, loads of people, we've been, uh, you know, I sent you the photo tonight, we're getting record views, just views upon views upon views. Yeah, I couldn't believe um, that. Oh, yeah, that's got to be a G up. Like, my, well, I reckon my mum's bumped it and it's just replayed over and <laughs> yeah, over. It's so, just run um, off soon. Yeah, um, but when we were in Coffs like when we were at Coffs Harbour, um, the, the main street into the mall just had pictures of Wade Graham up and down. All the sports stores had black, white and blue um, you know, streamers all through them. Um, you know, fan, like they, they, there was polo shirts, you know, probably bought and purchased by you and given oh. out to the people of Kofsawa. But um, I'm not surprised that we're doing something with them because we've got another game up there this year. And I think it's a great opportunity to get your, your footprint in there. Like, you've seen Penrith have had the success with Bathurst. Um, I'm very surprised that the Gold Coast Titans didn't pinch this, but at the same time, they're a dumb club, so I'm glad we're making the moves. Could not agree more, mate. Now, just just um, going back to your uh, your polo comment, uh, not untrue, not untrue, but moving on quickly. Uh, look, I love it. I think if it works out, it's great. We are building an empire, um, and it's all business-minded. It's a club that goes... Ballistic up there. I don't know if I've ever been there, but I, I certainly know of it. Um, you know, Coffs Harbour is a booming area, and it's it's sort of the hub. You know, Port Macquarie, Grafton, Newcastle. There, it sort of links them all. As weird as that sounds, people live out of Sydney, but I, I think it's huge. Coffs Harbour is a destination. There's a big footy contingent up there. There's a lot of local juniors too, and if we can get a foot in there, you know, one game a year, take it up there every single year. Bring more back to our league's club at the Bolo. Oh, it's it's genius and it's good business sense. Mate, the beach bowling club is absolutely enormous. Let's let's get up there this year. Fins up on yeah. the road. Yeah, I, I reckon the uh, the the trip this year, um, the Coffs Harbour trip. If we amalgamate with them, we should go up there and just sink as much piss as we can in that club. Look, we got to help the club out, mate. I'm here for them. Yeah, absolutely. That, no, that is good news to talk about, Daniel. Absolutely. Thank you, mate. I've done um, I've done my research for once. Now, before we go on to the All-Star game, I just want to shout out to our good mate TK, who had uh, the great Sir Fitz on recently, had a lot to say. Mate, you've, you've heard it. Anything stand out for you? The, the main thing that stood out for me was his compliments on Nico Hines' kicking game. And for, everyone, like for anyone who had watched Nico playing at the Storm, you were, you know, you know he's got all the talent. He can pass the ball like a machine. He, you know, he runs. He's real quick, uh, and he's fucking handsome. But the one thing that I was worried about with him playing five eight or halfback was his kicking game. Now I was at the All Stars game and I watched him put on a clinic with his boot. I'm not worried about it. I was worried that if we had a Heinz Moylan combination, we wouldn't have a long kicking game. I'm not worried about it anymore. I will say this that if we go with the Trindle Hines combination. That is a solid kicking game to bring into the foundation. Now, the way that Fitz complimented Hines' kicking game, and he said that he'd never seen a boot like it in terms of accuracy, length, and the ferociousness of his bombs. This is a guy who's been the assistant coach to Mitchell Pearce, James Maloney, and Cooper Cronk at club level. Also, Luke Keary, but Luke Keary is not a noted kicker. 
But these are the guys that Sir Fitz has been around in his coaching days and the compliments that he's putting to Nico Hines, I'm really horny. Absolutely. Going back to uh, the All-Stars game, that 40-20 was a centimetre from being a perfect kick. His little kicks in, he, he, I think he one or two, he definitely had a try assist, one or two repeat sets. He kept pinning people in the corner. Now, my brother, who's, who's nowhere near as um, analytic about it as you and I, texted me and said, Nico found grass on his kick. Now, he's been a Sharks fan his whole life, but Chad Townsend has dominated his fanship. So for a kick from our halves to find grass is something crazy. And then Trindle's next kick found space too. A wish ball for choice, and for mine, this will be the long-term combination. I, I think yeah. we'll talk about that in a minute. But as you said, in terms of the kicking game, mate, oh, dear. And Nico ran that bloke down. I don't care what anyone says. The hammer was there, but he didn't make the tackle. Mate, that, that bomb that you're talking about from Trindle, uh, the, the, sorry, Trindle did find, I have a kick that, that found touch. Uh, but that bomb that Trindle put up, it looked like it was just a, a normal bomb. And then the wind took this thing and literally just fucking spun it in the air. And you saw Jordan Rapana like, literally wave his arms at both his wingers, almost as if to say, do not fucking catch this ball. Let it bounce, and if they score from it, so be it. But it left Trindle's foot, it left Trindle's foot as a okay kick, and the elements turned it into a great kick. <laughs> That's true. Now, we, we've heard without, without naming who... That the kicking practice at the Sharks is quite difficult for the young fullback. Yeah, so uh, young Will Kennedy has to take spiral bombs from everyone, from Nico, from Braden, from Matt Moylan, from Connor Tracy. Luke Metcalf has a turn. Wade Graham goes and puts his two cents in. Blake Braley has a bomb as well. So. Um, I think it's a, it's a it's a tough slog and it's a tough ask for for poor Kennedy, but if anyone can do it, mate, he can do it. That's exactly right. Now, speaking of Kennedy, let's move into the All Stars. You were there. Anyone who hasn't seen Outlaws, get on it. Terry recounted uh, he, his night there in terms of the Sharks, mate. Any standouts for you? Um, after watching the replay, I think it's it's very clear to say that if the Indigenous All Stars team had won, Nico Hines would have been man of the match. Um, and I, I say that with no bias whatsoever, but he was the best player for the Indigenous All-Stars, and it wasn't even close. His kicking game, you know, was just absolutely phenomenal. His defence was great. As you said, he ran down Cody Nicarima. Um But I think I think Will Kennedy got the rough end of the deal in that game because they just kept subbing him in and out. Very difficult. You know, you know if, you're, if you're a fullback... In that condition that the game was in, like when when we when the game started, there was a light sprinkle from about the, the ten minute mark to full time. It was just pissing rain. And one thing that I noticed is that apart from getting Simbin, Jordan Rapana was always the fullback for the Maori team. Yeah, that's true. But Will Kennedy was replaced. He was moved around. Tyrell Sloan came in and had a bit of a crack. Albert Kelly was at the back at one stage. <laughs> Richie's mate. Yeah, you, know, you can't you can't really build a foundations of a good game for that. What I will say for this that Will Kennedy, it wasn't his best performance, but the one thing that he should take out of this game is that he has a representative jersey for his people, and it's with the number one. So he is at the moment, as it stands, the number one fullback for the Indigenous All Stars, 
and he should be so proud of himself for the season that he had to put himself into there. I wish we had given him the chance like the Maoris did for Jordan Rapana. We'd given that to Will Kennedy, but it doesn't matter, mate. You've got to be so proud that he was there. Absolutely right. I mean, Kennedy's, you know, he's, he's been on the show. We've, we've spoken to him a few times. The nicest guy you'll ever meet. We watch him come through Newtown, so of course we're a little bit biased, but, mate, there's no better representative of the game, and I'm glad he's a shark. 100% agreed. He didn't have a chance to get into it. Uh, he did make that try-saver, though, I believe, if I'm thinking of the right game. You are thinking of the right game. Uh, Joseph Tarpany stuck his long hand out ready to score a try, and young Willie stuck his hand under it and pushed it back. Willie says no. I think, no. I think Joe Tarpany was a bit ripped off on there. You can't tell me that the ball didn't touch a blade of grass, but I don't care. I, um, as a Sharks fan, it was a great tackle, a uh, great try-saving effort. Uh, as a rugby league fan, that was a try every day of the week. But, uh, look, speaking of tries, we scored one, Jesse Ramian. Now, I just want to point out before before I throw it over to you, Terry, that Fafita made the break, and the three players supporting on his inside were all Sharks. Yeah, I, it, it was really funny, because when Fafita made that break, I was yelling out, go Jesse. And people around me were giving me like real funny looks as if to say, you do realise that's Fafita running down the sideline, busting blokes. And, and I was like, yeah, but you've got to understand that Jesse's on the inside going to score that fucking try. Like, may have had him first try scorer as well. <laughs> well, there we go. For, for the life of me, I was I was watching with my good mate, uh, good mate Jim. Uh, I thought Nico was going to score because he was there. There was no way in the world that Jesse Ramian was letting anyone score that try. If Ramian wasn't there, that hits Nico on the chest. He scores in the corner. So, And look, yeah. Kennedy was the other one on the inside, which is great to see our boys following through. Yeah, look, Jesse could have been you know, a proper team player and drawn the person coming across and given it to Nico, and Nico could have scored under the post. But in true Ramian style, he <laughs> scored the try and then uh, you know got up and, and did the dance. And then he decided to, you know, after after he scored the try, he decided that uh, he remembered that Rapana had taken out for feeder, so he went and pushed him in the face. So yeah. I love it. Yeah, it was good to see. And from that melee, we had um, Andrew Fafita, Simeon. Thought he was very hard done no, by. No, 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 that was the second melee, not the oh, first. Well, later on, I, I point stands. I think he was hard done by. I don't definitely wasn't the third man in, and the only person oh, that decided. No, he definitely was the third man in. Oh, he was? So, well, a lot of players yeah. there. So Morgan Harper made made the legs tackle on Rami and, and Rapana hit him with a shoulder charge. Uh, I, I can't recall who it was that went in and pushed Rapana, but Fafita ran a good 25 metres and got involved. And not only did he get involved, but he was, like, throwing people to get to Rapana. <laughs> so. Um, I think it was Cody Nicarima actually got in the way and Fafita like grabbed him and just fucking threw him. Good. I was like, get out. <laughs> Do so, you... I, I, I think, I think whilst it's a harsh simbin on Fafita, I understand it because like, there's no love lost between any Sharks players and any Raiders players in the last five or six years. I get that. And Jordan Rapana is the biggest piece of shit in the game. He's right up But, and, you know, I know it's a preseason game or whatever, but Andrew's got to control his emotions a little bit better than that because, like, he is one player that's on the chopping block for a spot on the bench at the moment. And don't think that Fitz didn't notice that. And then don't think that Fitz didn't notice as he was walking 
off the field, he was pointing at Rapana, telling him to have a run when he got back on. And I'm pretty sure he quoted, I'll take your fucking head off. Yeah, it was something to that effect. I thought it was something like, I'm going to fucking get you. Um, look, I, I, I agree. If that's an NRL game, Fafita's got to sit down. But given the occasion, I thought it was was harsh. What I did notice, though, was the only man that could stop Fafita's rampage was Royce Hunt, who got in the way. And I got the feeling that once Royce Hunt stood in, everyone sort of went, you know what, we've had our fun. Let's calm down now. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure Royce Hunt was about to take his shirt off. Yeah, yeah, and that, that's a frightening human being right there. Mate, I met him recently uh, in the the Christmas party in um, December, I think it was, and he's just a lovely, humble bloke, but the closer you get to him, it's like walking to a mountain, you know, like, it's pretty big, and as it gets closer, it gets bigger and bigger, and by the by the time I was just like, you you just, you're a giant human being. Please be my, my bench prop. Yeah, uh, I, thought, I thought Royce was good. Um, when he wasn't trying to offload the ball. I was going to interject there and say I never want to see him pass the ball again. It's not his role. Yeah, Royce is really good when he just rolls the sleeve up and runs as hard as he can. Like, he's literally a diet, diet Coke with no sugar, Jared or Hargraves. Just run the ball as hard as you can, make your tackles, get off the field. But please, please, please do not try and offload the ball this year. Yeah, that was uh, was pretty worrying. Leave that to Dale Finuc and, and Cam McInnes to do that. Your oh. your job is to make ten meters a run and hurt someone. Yeah, bend, bend the defense. That that's it. We've got plenty of ball players now. Look again. It's a friendly. The weather was shit. It we you know it, it was what it was. But it was pretty funny that the first um couple of mistakes came from sharks. But given we had like ninety five percent of the players on the field, that was always likely. Oh, I will say that, that the first mistake of the game, Andrew Fafita knocked it on. That ball from Ruben Cotter was fucking shit. Oh, it was disgusting. It wasn't up to first grade. Now, mate, rounding out our shark contingent, I thought Britton Nakora looked very, very good. Well, we didn't talk about Braden Trindle. Yeah, but, uh, I, we, we, sorry, I shouldn't have said that, but yeah, I'm saving him for last. You go with who yeah. you want, mate. It's your show too. No, no, I think I think Britton Nakora, like, at the game... At the game, being that, one, my seat wasn't the best, um, and that's okay because we paid for the $20 nosebleed, seat, uh, nosebleed seats, and I went for the occasion, not for the footy game. You know what I mean? Like, you know it's a preseason game. You know it's going to be sloppy as shit. Um, but Britton Nakora looked, like, on the field, in the elements where it was pissing down rain, the fireworks were giving you a bit of fog and all that kind of stuff. I couldn't distinguish him from, say, Sean's Nook of Flockstar or anyone else. The only way that I knew Morgan Harper was Morgan Harper because of his hair, and the only way I knew Joe, Joe Tarpany and Royce Hunt were who they were is because they're fucking enormous. Everyone else on that field, like Cody Nicarima, looked like Britain Nicora out there. So it wasn't until I've come home and watched a replay and seen Brits run his defence. I thought, I thought he was brilliant. This is a guy who knows that his spot is in jeopardy in the team because we have T. Wilton. We have... Um, Sivitalakai. Yeah, we have Sivitalakai. We have... Um, I, can't, I can't think of the kid's name now, but oh, Joshua Fay now. Um, he's uh, Andrew Feeder's young cousin, 112-year-old... Uh, 112-year-old. 112-kilo, 18-year-old back rower. Um, so we've got some players coming through, and Britt... Britt Nakora has a reputation in the league of being Sean Johnson's hip shadow. Mm-hmm. So he's not. He can't be that this year. 
No, no, we can't. Now, I think he looked like a bit of a hitman on the on the weekend. He looks a bit meaner. I don't know whether it was just the occasion and that. Speaking of, that pregame stuff was absolutely electric. I don't know whether it was just the emotion carrying over from that. But he looked angry. And I, I, I like the best Britain of Cora is when he's, one, running that line off Sean Johnson, but two, he's hitting people. Now, it's a contract year for Brit. As you said, there's plenty of competition. Whereas the last two seasons, his his role was to turn up and run that Johnson line, and he wasn't getting dropped. This year, it's all on the line because if he has a big one and plays to what we know he can do, there's a big contract and a real long term spot waiting for him. Yeah, the the thing the thing for Brit as well is that if he if he can just make his defence count. You know, because a couple of times last year, like Talakai, he would hit people, but it doesn't count. If he can hit and stick and become a more than a one-dimensional player, like obviously he's going to run some short balls off Nico Hines, Matt Moylan, and, and, and Braden Trindle, but he also needs to start doing the tough stuff as well. You know, because when we're pinned down on in our end, you will see Wade Graham take a suicide run, mm-hmm. but you won't see Britton Nakora do it. He'll, make, he'll point to Jesse Ramian to go and do it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So... This is a big year from Britton Nakora. This is a kid who made his debut for the Kiwis six round, uh, six rounds into his career. It's so talented. we know he's good. He's been in this Maori All Star team for a few years now, and he, and he always performs. The thing from Britton Nakora is his best performance is amazing, and his worst performance is absolute dog shit. But you never get anything in the middle. And last year there was too much dog shit than there were roses. So that's fair call. I like that, mate. I'm gonna get that printed on a shirt. Now I don't know whether it was TK that met it, the interview with Fitz with TK. Apologies if I've mixed this up, but I heard Fitz say that he's taken Nakora as a, as a project, and he's gonna make him into the player he was uh, that he can be. And that's something that excites me because this kid has got unlimited upside potential. But going back to what you said last season. There were games where you'd be like, holy crap, here we go. And there'd be games like, holy crap, get him off. Yeah. There's there's, there's three players that stand to mind that are ultimate Fitz projects. One is Britt Nakora. Two is C.C. Uh, Vitalikai. And three, he's not a forward, but it's 100% Nico Hines. Oh, 100%. Oh. Mate, so going back to Trindle, I shouldn't have said what I said. The last player ran it out the contingent. Hey, what'd you make? What'd you make of his game? He, did he put enough forward to say, "Hey, you got to pick him for round one"? No, no, he didn't put enough forward to say you got to you got to pick me. But he did enough to show his kicking did enough to show that you know he's he's got he's got a first grade standard kicking game. I think again, like Will Kennedy, Braden Trindle was in the position of unlucky that there was other halves picked because Albert Kelly needed some time on the field. Um, and then, obviously, you know, Tyrell Sloan coming in, so Albert Kelly went to halfback and played a bit of hooker as well. Albert Kelly looked all right playing a hooker. Um, but I don't think there was enough time for Trindle to stamp his authority because what it looked like from the Maori team was they had their spine and they just left it. Mm. They left their spine alone all night, whereas the All-Stars had a look at it and went, look, Nico Hines is the absolute superstar here so everyone else can rotate. Yeah. Um, so, so whilst I don't think Trindle was bad, I don't think he was good. And he didn't do enough in that partnership. Like, that's his first audition with Nico Hines. So he's had his chance with Nico Hines. Now Matt Moylan needs a crack with him. 
That's exactly right. And that's, that's a good little segue, mate, into our first trial this Sunday afternoon against the Premiers. Now, I've seen the Penrith side. They've given up. They've named a shit side. They're scared of us, Terry. I just I had a look on NRL.com um, before, and I hadn't seen the team that was named, but I didn't. Th- I don't think this is the game because last year we played two trials. We played uh, the Dragons and the Dogs, and against the Dragons, the you know it was your Franklin Pele's and your Jensen's and your Metcalf's, um, and I think I think um, Trindle no Trindle didn't play in that game. And then it was the game against the Dogs where it was um, you had to have played a, like a cer- under a certain amount of games um, the previous year to be able to play in it. And we ran out like Moylan, Nene McDonald, you know, all the guys that had been injured that didn't play that many games. So, but um, yeah, this is this is I'm not surprised. I actually thought we were playing the Bulldogs this weekend because I thought this is just going to be the game where the two teams just put their absolute plotters out and then when we play the Panthers you're going to get your two best teams but we you know it's it's going to be fun to see the the side that we name because even even thinking about it now like Metcalf's probably going to be your fullback or he's going to be there or thereabouts in the halves Frank the Tank's going to get a run um you know there's going to be guys like Tommy Hazelton who's going to want to crack at it hopefully we see guys like Jordan uh Simrani and Sam Stone Street because Sam Stone Street will score like three tries He'll be like, uh, what's their plumber called? What's his name? Charlie Staines. <laughs> yeah, he'll be like Charlie Staines and just go and score nine tries and then go back and fix his car. That's that, that's true. Go and uh, do a delivery in Uber on the way home. I, I heard that I think Jensen, Lua Lua, and there was one other name that I was excited to hear. They were likely. We, our side, as of recording, hasn't been named. Iro. That's it, Iro. They're the three I want to see because if there's an injury... You know, obviously, you're probably going to go your Lockie Millers or your uh, Herodes. But after that, the next step down is, you know, those kinds of players. So I'm really excited. Look, I'll, um, I'll be watching the game. We'll be watching the game before we before we hit Outlaws. And I'll, I'll end with that. So I'll wait. I won't go down that track just yet. Um, very excited. Don't care about the result. Would love, would love to win, obviously. And I'm claiming that if we do win, so be warned. Uh, but I just, mate, I just want to see the players run out in our colours, to be totally honest. Yeah, I, I think, like... When, when you think about it, the, the starting back line is probably going to be um, Saxini will be in there somewhere. Then you're going to have Jensen will be around there. Lockie Miller will be around there. Um, Janai Lua Lua, Kale Iro, And then it's going to be like you see him, Stone Street and Jordan Samrani on the bench. Um, halves, I've got no idea. Probably Metcalf will be in there somewhere. And then maybe young Cade Dykes will be. Yeah, he's going to say we might see Dykes. So Fitz of Gibbon had a lot to say about Cade Dykes as well. That's good. Um, forwards, you know, hopefully we get to see Jaden Beryl yeah, playing that true. game. Um, Franklin Pele. I don't want to see, like, your Teague Wiltons and, and all that in there, but I wouldn't mind seeing Josh Fennell play that game. Um, and then just sort of anyone else that we've picked up. And then against, you know, two weeks later we play, the, or a week later we play the Bulldogs, and that's when we get our, our good side out there, so... Yeah, look, oh, really, and it's on Foxtel. It is. All the games are on Foxtel this week. Uh, there's a Monday night game, no Thursday, which is good for TV viewing. Uh, look, any any Sharks fans listening, and there will be millions judging by our off-season results, uh, don't expect too much. But, you know, even if we go out and put 40 on Penrith, gloat and enjoy it, but it doesn't mean shit. This is an off-season that means less than, than most in terms of results. It's all about performance. 
The Bulldogs game is the one. That's the measuring stick. Although, I dare say we've got to jump on most teams in that seven of our first graders have already played a higher impact trial as you're probably going to find. Yeah, so that again, that wouldn't surprise me if because um, all the trials are played in quarters as well. Yep, it's good news. So it wouldn't surprise me if the first quarter of the game against the Bulldogs, you see, you know, the seven guys play and then they're, they're pulled and you don't see them again. Like, anyone who fires up about uh, a trial game if you lose it and says it's the end of the world, just remember we went 0-2 in our trials in 2016. I will say this, I expect Josh Robbo to blow up if Penrith loses the trial game. Though. Well, look, he, the Harold Matz the other day, there was a marginal call. and it, Anyways, I won't get down that path. Thanks, Terry. But, uh, look, very excited. The We'll record something next week, so we'll do a full preview review then. But, um, mate, the, the return to remind us, well, now it's uh, points bet. It's points bet? Yep. It changes every year. It's but but um, the return to Shark Park. Shark Park, Monday night, Monday week, mate. Look, I'll be there. I'm leaving work early. I'll be there. I may literally have bells on. Uh, I will be there for the second half. That's fine. Yeah, we got a basketball game at 20 past seven, and uh, I'm literally going to get in my car and go down for the remainder of the game. Mate, that's absolutely fine. I'll see you there. I'm looking forward to that. Anyone that wants to come down, please give us a shout-out on Twitter, and we'll, uh, we'll come say good day. Now, I'm going to hit you with something that oh, hopefully you haven't seen, otherwise it ruins my fun. Uh, Zero Tackle, not me, but the boys, have written a top five Sharks players for 2022. You want to hazard a guess who's in the five? Well, I'm going to, I'm going to state the obvious and say that uh, Nico Hines will be in there. Correct. Number one. Uh, Cameron McInnes. Number five. Dale Finucane. Number four. Will Kennedy. Number two. Wade Graham. No. Now, number three shocked me, but the more I think about it, the more I like it. Number three. Ronaldo. Yes, Ronaldo Mulatalo. And I love it. I think if all goes well this year... Now, I, don't, I wish Kennedy and Nico no harm, obviously. But I think Ronaldo might be moving up somewhere towards number two. I think that kid is in for one of the seasons. Well, I'll, I'll say this. If, if, he, if he goes in the centres, yeah, but if he goes under the wing, how often is your winger your best player? Well, that's it. I don't want to see him on the wing. Now, he may line up there in the trials. He may line up there in round one. But don't see that lasting too long just between us. Well, I mean, I, I like that in, in the fact that it took me six guesses to name the five players. I think we're we're, we're pretty much on the. I think Wade Graham's the forgotten man. Absolutely, you know, it, wouldn't surprise me, it wouldn't surprise me if Wade Graham's our player of the year. Very well, could be. Yeah, um, and then you know you're, you're leaving out some of the other guys like you know obviously for mine you, under the coach that we have, Toby Rudolph could be anything. He could be. Uh, you know, Jack Williams was our third best player or second best player last year. You know, actually, undoubtedly, our second best player last year. Yeah, definitely. And our most improved player. Um, so it wouldn't have shocked me if his name was in there either. And I don't think he's getting enough credit for the season that he put together last year. Oh, but he's absolutely um, not, mate. Everyone's leaving him out of their 17. And I could not be yeah, angrier about that. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, no, definitely that, that five there, yep. Yeah. Look, Ronaldo's making a name for himself on and off the field, 
a couple of years ago, you know, it looked like he was either going to be a hit or miss player, but now he's an absolute superstar of the game. Um, you know, would have been an Origin player, is going to be an international this year for New Zealand. Um, so, yeah, look, and again, another one of our forgotten players, but because, you know, Ronaldo is the name, but Sione Katoa scores more tries than him. He certainly does. I think Katoa is one of the most underrated players in the game. In terms of his work rate coming out of our own end, I mean, that boat, you, you, look, at, you look at tackle breaks, okay, and I, I find that a bit of a false stat. Because you can run over a bloke and destroy him, but if he holds on, there's no tackle break. Or you can bump a guy away who's off balance and, and throws an arm out, you know, like a, a Catewell tackle, I like to refer to it. Um, yeah. and, and a guy like Fafida can run up 30, David Fafida can run up 30 tackle breaks, but, you know, only probably 15 or, you know, 20, which is still amazing, of them were impactful. So, in I terms still, of. I still remember, I still remember it was. Um... Uh, 2020 when we beat Manly and NRL used to do the the live stats, like the live play-by-play as it went and it had Jesse Ramian for a run and he broke four tackles on his run with a gain of two metres. Yeah, see, there you go. Like, tackle breaks are shit. Run is you talk about You talk about Sione Katoa versus Ronaldo though, like Sione Katoa has him for metres, runs, work rate, defence, tries, try assists, and he's a better finisher as well. But Ronaldo is the superstar out of the two of them, you know, because Sione's the hard worker, but, you know, Ronaldo's just the flair. And, you know, we're talking about two wingers here. They remind me of the Gaznia-Matt Cooper partnership because Matt Cooper did all your hard work all your muscle, all your defence, everything that you need to do, and then they pass the ball to the other side, Gazni would go and score. It's exactly right. Just circling back to my point, because I know there will be some that are like, what are you trying to make? Katoa's tackle breaks come at our end when he's running the second or third hitter in difficult yeah. situations. Mate, I, I'm over the moon, this kid. I've seen people dropping him from our side too, and I just, I don't get it. I just, I don't get it. Well, you know, if my, my only concern with... Um, having a Matty Cavallo, Sione Katoa wing partnership is that both of them can have a game where they're absolute liabilities. And if both of them decide to do that in one game, we are fucked. <laughs> the other thing as well is that would be about the shortest wing partnership in the game. And like if I'm the Roosters and I'm seeing Matty Cavallo on one side, it's the only Katoa on the other. I'm asking Daniel Tupo to be on both wings. Yeah, that, that's a fair call. It's definitely something we got to um, got to put up with. Hopefully, we're forty nil up though before they get the ball in our space. So, yeah, no yeah. worries. You know, like I, I would literally be. You know, my game plan if I was be the Roosters would be like, right, which which way are we going to hammer to make them do all the defence, and then Toops, if you wouldn't mind just fucking running around on the fourth tackle to the other wing. And we'll kick it to you. You'll get about six or seven tries. It's, it's happened. That's how they target us with Brett Morris, Dan Cronulla too. The, the uh, those oh, tries. Mate. Um, yeah. Right. So. Well, I don't mind that list of zero tackle. Obviously, I haven't seen it because I haven't been on social media. It's all right, mate. That's why I thought I'd throw it in. Now, speaking of social media and our our incredible rugby league outlaws, again, if you haven't seen it. Get on it. Follow us both on Twitter. I, I posted an Outlaws um, video this week, and I had people messaging me saying, well, when's the podcast coming up? So, bit of, bit of crossover, mate. 
But we've got a um, a pretty big show coming up this week. We do. We've got we've got a lot of special guests. We've got a shark on there as well. And Dan, I've been good enough to go out and get us a Newtown jet. Oh, mate, I love that. That was that was the get because to to you know get a Newtown player there, he's going to be raw. He's going to be unedited. He's going to be you know Newtown, and I, I feel that Newtown's a part of me now. Yeah, and I mean, I like because of you, I absolutely love the Jets now, and you know. My, my fondest memory, uh, I've got some pretty good memories of the Jets at Henson Park, actually. Matt Owood's brother, James, fell down it. Um, when it was pissing down with rain, he fell down and slid all the way down the bottom in front of, and three girls walked past as he was sliding down the hill. Fantastic. So it was a great moment of my life. He was pissed, he fell over in the rain, so that was good as well. But, I mean, you can't ever take away those chips from, what's his name, Billy Magoo, no. who, um, who, who put them in. But, yeah, I, I love the Jets, so... We've got uh, one of the, you know, he's not he's not going to be uh, an every week player um, for the Jets, but he's a Jets contracted player, and if he doesn't play for them, he'll be playing for the uh, the Glebe Dirty Rats. So we're going to ask him some questions about Glebe. We're going to ask him some questions about the Jets. I was going to ask him some questions about players who are playing for the Jets that we might think that he might think, and he's already told me a couple of players who he thinks going to play first grade this year. So watch this space. Oh, that's some inside info. Now, as you mentioned, we do have we do have a shark on, good friend of the show. I don't think it's any surprise who we got, but uh, what he what he said yeah. may surprise a Nico few. Nico Hines. Nico Hines, absolutely. Uh, look, I I've secured a guest today that I'll tell you off um, off screen, and uh, which is going to be very exciting. And there's going to be someone that I dare say may surprise people. But they'll certainly know who it is. If not his face, they'll definitely know his voice. Yeah, look, we've uh, we, it's going to be a huge show. It's a shark-only episode this week as well, isn't it? It is a shark-only. Look, it's a bit of a risk, but I dare say that most people just tune in for the shark propaganda. So, man, I'm, I'm excited. So that, that's Sunday. That'll probably drop Tuesday, Wednesday next week. But, uh, mate, I've also got a big interview coming up on Friday, uh, potentially. I'm, let's put it out there. Fuck it. It's confirmed. What the hey? Uh, that will air next week on our uh, top four preview. That could be very fun. Okay, there we go. Well, I think that's it. I think we've, we've jibbered on enough now, Dan, and... Uh... You know, everyone, we thank you because the last episode that we did broke records for us on Anchor. So, you know, this isn't actually us taking the piss, but we really, really, really appreciate it. That is, you know, I sent it to Dan. That's that's a hell of a listening that we got there. Absolutely. Um, so we thank you. Um, keep trashing us. Don't forget, watch Outlaws, like and subscribe, Punctured Media, Zero Fucks Clothing, Top Sport, get some bets on with them. Uh, OneLittleLeagueFan.com.au as well. She's on there for us. So we love it. And uh, Dan, as always. Mate. No, no, no. Look, I, I want to change it this year. We, did, we didn't talk about no, this. No, 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 no. This, is, this was a show made on Matt Moylan signing for the Sharks. So go fuck yourself. With that said, I'm Matt Moylan.